Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Vesas Hashem, Shalom Bayashir number 304. We're, going, we're talking about the skill of reframing and how that could change a person's life and change a person's marriage for the better. And one of those aspects of reframing is asking yourself the question when you're upset about something, that in the entire scheme of things, in the scheme of my whole life, how large of a role does this upsetting thing play? Or, in five years from now, will this experience be upsetting? Will I be totally forgetting about it? And that itself will help you have a healthy perspective and reframe it, and you could overcome that Yetzahara that's playing a trick on you when what it takes a trivial thing that was said or was done and blows it up into a fight or an argument, taking that black dot and blowing it out of proportion. You can have a in your home and not drive it out by stupid fights over pettiness. And you have the ability to do that. And what's very important to know is one of the Yetzirah's things are, like we talked about the footprint on the wet floor or other types of annoying things, that there is a way, if even you feel everyone's on a different level, sometimes people could just wash it over the rug not be bothered about it at all over time, and then it's beautiful. But even if there's a situation where, okay, I have to address this at some point, but there are skills to be able to do that, which we discussed when we talked about the Gottman book and others, of how to go about it when everyone's calm later and have a healthy, normal discussion about whatever disagreement that you actually have. And that also diffuses it. So in other words, if you're upsetting about something that may want to, you may want to discuss with your spouse, you say to yourself, right now we're in the heat of the moment. I am not going to allow that Yetzirah to take that black dot and blow it up. I'm going to bring the Shechina in my home and not create a fight by saying something mean or nasty or harsh or the the stonewalling or cold shoulder or anything like that. I'm going to be pleasant as ever. If I if it's still bothering me and I want to discuss it a day or two later in a normal, healthy way, we'll learn how to do that. But right now, I'm not going to mess things up. I'm not going to overblow that black dot. And that's a very, very important thing to know. He says an anecdote here. He says that I went to the Kaisel daily for 40 days to pray Takadosh Baruch Hu to heal my marriage. We were married for close to 10 years, five small children. First year of marriage was tolerable, but then we had financial stresses, physical stresses, taking care of a family this size, and our marriage became stressful. We both lacked sleep. We became irritable to each other, tense to each other, which led to many quarrels that could have been avoided. That's one of the things, by the way, to be self-aware and realize, looking back, that, okay, some of the quarrels were things that really were important, and even that you could learn how to handle better, but they were things that had some teichen to it. But then looking back, you realize a lot of these quarrels could be avoided, and that itself is a sign of maturity, by the way. By the way. Anyway, going back to this story, during the 40 days that I went to the Kaisel, I met a number of people a few times. 
I saw someone davening with a tremendous hasmada. I asked them, please daven for me as well. I didn't tell them what I was praying for, just daven for me. I need a refuah on something, and I left it at that. Some of the people I asked to pray for me told me what they were praying for. There were single people there that said they're praying for a shidduch. There were people there that were praying they had a serious illness they were diagnosed with, and they're asking for a refuah. Some were praying for ill parents that they had or ill children that they had. Someone was praying for a relative that was imprisoned. Someone was praying for a, someone was had a business venture that turned into financial disaster and financial ruin, and he was praying to help him, HaKadosh Baruch should help him with that. Others were praying that they didn't have children for many, many years, and they're asking for a bracha to have children. So what happened was, this lady said, as I was doing my 40-day tefillis by the Kaisel, I realized that my situation objectively was much better than all or many of those that were coming to the Kaisel to Davin also. And after the 30th day of being by the Kaisel, besides, of course, asking for my marriage to get better, which, kalakavod, that you should do that, why not? But I also gave thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the positive aspects of my life and my spouse. She listened to all the tzaras other people had and realized that her life was relatively, or a lot, rel- objectively speaking, better. And after a week of this, the last 30, 40, of the 30, from day 30 to day 40, where she shifted her focus, that till the 30 days she was just davening for her marriage to get better. And then from day 30 on, after hearing of all these people's stories, to daven also to make your marriage better, but also express for her life with her husband and that uh, and her children, she became more cheerful at home. And both her husband and her children were in a better emotional state because of it. The davening itself made a positive change in her. The positive came from the tefillah, but it also came from the that she expressed, that she wasn't grateful about before, and now she became grateful too. So that's another Eitzah Taiva in the reframing aspects of it, is to really express Hakaras Taiva for the things that are working well in the marriage. You have a black dot, 10 black dots, 20 black dots on a paper. You thank Hashem for the white that surrounds it. There's so much white that surrounds it too. You're not denying reality. You're davening for that black dot to heal. But you don't let it overtake your life. He brings an article from someone, Simcha Kohn, I don't know if it's Simcha Bonham Kohn or a different Simcha Kohn, that wrote in an article that said that studies of marriage, married couples reveal that in the majority of cases, they don't view their spouse in the same light that they did before the marriage. In one study, 75% of all the participants indicated that if they would have known they would have what their wife was like. They would never have married them. And the truth be told is that it is not incompatibility that creates these sentiments. That's a very important thing to realize. What really is happening, Rabbi Cohen explained, is that's not really true. What's true is, is that in couples, despite the fact that they spend many time a long time getting to know each other for years, they don't really know each other well enough. They're assuming they're not compatible when they're very compatible. They never even really 
realized how compatible they actually are until they used their skills and worked on their character. And one of the reasons why people feel this way, he said, which is so true, of how they feel after they got married, oh, you know, uh, I, I either married the wrong person or I wasn't compatible. The main reason is, is because prior to marriage, a young couple is totally unfamiliar with the nature of married life and family life and the, the normal demands of married life and family life. So it's not incompatibility that's the issue. But rather, it's the unrealistic utopian concepts of marriage before you get married that creates these problems or certain amount of self-centeredness or whatever it may be. But what what needs to be educated by people that are getting married and for people that are already married to, to realize this, that married life is not a utopian existence where love always blooms, friendship is always there, and it takes a lot of times hard work. And if you know that in advance, that it's like a garden that you have to cultivate, that you have to sweat over, that you have to plow, that you have to plant, you have to take care of it. That itself creates in the marriage, this is a reframe, a reframe of what marriage actually is. That I married the right person and we are compatible, but we never actually tapped into the concept of what marriage is really all about, what Hashem wants from us. We never tapped in into the ability to look at each other's positive points and build from it or to learn these skills of reframing and all these other skills we mentioned here. Another thing that could help also married couples is to realize that sometimes they're different in the way they um, view situations. And very often when one of the spouse, whether the husband or wife, is talking in a more critical way, very often they're not really trying to be critical. They may have the mindset or the shift, maybe because of the, the way they grew up, where they think in very very analytical terms, and they tend to see more things that are different versus things that are similar. They notice the discrepancy of things more. So when you notice the discrepancies of more, more of things, you tend to be somewhat more critical by nature, but they're not really meaning to hurt anybody. That itself could diffuse a situation in many, many in many ways, where the husband or wife, whichever one it is, that seems to be more critical, and you realize that they're not trying to be critical, they just have a more analytical mind in the way they think things through and see different angles, and they're not really meaning to hurt you at all. But it takes a while to realize that if you were brought up in a different culture. So that's another way to reframe it. And of course, the one that is that way, more analytical, they need to learn that sensitivity, and that is also very learnable. Another concept of reframing is Vigutza Zainayid, that Ramosh used to talk about a lot, where people were turned off by Yiddishkeit because people were saying, oh, it's so schwer, it's so hard to be a Yid, so hard to keep Shabbos, so hard. But if you switch it around, Vigutza Zainayid, and how mitzvahs create simcha, that reframing itself makes it easy to do mitzvahs and maizim taivim. Ramosha Feinstein talked about this a lot. 
He talked about one of the things why people fell through is they, they looked at Shabbos and other things as a burden, as a difficulty. And in reality, it's the most biggest, greatest joy in life. And once you shift that perspective, Itaka is good to Zayin Ayid, and it's green. It's a lot easy to, uh, easy to be a Yid. There's reframings that take place in Mamori Chazal. This concept that we talked about all through the last few Shiurim, is not something new made by psychologists. The Chazal talk about it all the time. For example, everything Hashem does is for good. Right? And you have to. And the Shulchan Aruch says you have to say it again and again, like Rabbi Akiva used to say it. What are you doing there? You're reframing. Now, it's not always easy. That's true. But what, what, the, what the Chazal is telling you is that you're reframing what happens that seem negative, and to perceive it now as good and try to develop a healthy emotional reaction to it. Lefum Tzara Agra is the same idea. You have a difficulty, but you realize, or in, in Shalom is to treat your spouse with love, it takes a little more effort or a lot more effort. But when you do it, Lefum Tzara Agra, the greater the pain, the greater the reward, brought down not just in the next world, but in this world. Or that all your life situations are meant to prove your midas, like the Gros says. Or that the Masil Sharm talks about in the first parak that every challenge in life is meant to elevate yourself. Or sometimes it's meant to be a, kap- a kapara, to clean you, like the Medrash Rabbah says and other places say. means you're reframing what, what it is to be in his shoes. Or have a done kavschus like we talked about in the past. Or have a doimaloi, emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The reframing is, I am following HaKadosh Baruch Hu's footsteps. That itself should give you a lot of simcha. When you saw that footprint in, on that wet floor, and you think along the lines, I am going to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. And, and that shifts everything. Lashon Hara, the Issa Lashon Hara, and, and 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 to talk Lashon Taiv is also constantly the issue of reframing, perceiving the person not the way uh, it looks on the surface. And we'll end off this year by saying the following. He gives an example of this, but it's an important Nakuda to know. If let's say in the example he gives here, the husband is a big warrior. He worries a lot about things. He worries about finances, worries about getting ill, worries about the weather even, about crime, about everything else. And the wife is not really a big warrior. But his worrying gets her nervous. And she's been telling him to stop worrying, and that doesn't stop him. Have more betachin, she says. It's it's hard. It's not working so well. And she said she heard Arav say that when you help a warrior out of their worry, that's a major chesed. And something clicked in her brain that listening to her husband as he's worrying about things and listening empathetically and saying, I care, I understand what you're saying, even though you in your mind are saying this is not a big deal, why you worry about this so much, but you still are empathetic and understand that he is anxious by him you him unburdening his heart to you. It lightens, un- lightens his burden. And... What she realized now is she viewed now her husband's worrying. It's a disturbance. But it's not a disturbance. It's a chesed. It's an opportunity for the mitzvah of chesed. Every time I listen empathetically, give encouraging words, it calms his worry. Now again, like I said, 
in situations where you feel that your husband needs professional help on his anxiety, then of course, in a certain conversation, at some point, you can have those honest discussions to get him the help he needs, if that's what he needs, or to go to a, 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 a Rav that could talk him through his things to get his... You could do all that. That's fine. But the idea, though, is is that when you shift your perspective from your annoyance of his worrying constantly and realize now I'm doing a chesed for my husband. And again, it's a two-way street. I could go exactly the other way around where the wife is the one that's extremely anxious and the and the husband is even keel. It goes both ways. But the concept is, is that you're shifting the perspective of, oh, what an oil it is to have an anxious spouse to... What an opportunity of chesed I can do for my anxious spouse to calm them and make their life as pleasant as possible. Have a wonderful day.